Hello and welcome to Coach Speak with Cody Alsop. I'm very excited to be here today and, and get into a topic that I'm very, very passionate about, and that is uh, culture. What does it mean? Um, why do you hear about it so much? What 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 does it look like? Um, so I'm going to go ahead and dive in. So culture, you know, it's a huge buzzword these days. You hear a lot about it, um, especially if you're in the coaching industry. You just hear people say culture, culture, culture. What really is it? You know, my definition is what is your program about? What if if you called an opposing coach, what would they say about you? Um, would they call you gritty, tough? You know, they always play hard, that kind of stuff. Or would they say, yeah, you know, if you, you get on them early, um, they tend to shut down. That's what I believe culture is. It's not these fancy quotes or this and that. I, I believe it is what what are your actions. Um, now, I do believe when a, when a coach walks in the building, he has a chance to um, basically tell the players what he wants his culture to be. But from then on, you got to quit talking about it and you got to actually do it. Um, you got to hold your players accountable to get the culture that you want. And and I think culture is so crucial because, I mean, if you look at all the programs that are, are successful, man, they have these really elite cultures where, where, where the kids and the coaches buy into the success of the program and not the success of themselves. So um, today I'm going to kind of dive into to, to what, um, you know, I've seen work um, playing and and then I'm going to dive into kind of an abbreviated version of the culture that I try to establish at the programs that I've worked for. One thing that I do want to discuss on uh, culture is the fact that it's more about action than it is about words. Yeah, when you come into the program, you want to talk about what you want your culture to be about. But from, from then on, you know, it's really about the actions of what you do and how how do you hold people accountable? Two of the coaches that I, I would say really instilled a great culture in my college days were Coach Parks and Coach Izio. Man, they were ap- they were both great, and um, you know I played for many other coaches. They were great too, but but these two guys I can you know that I can honestly say they they uh, held us accountable. Um, they created great cultures without ever even using the word. Coach Izio, you know, had these really hard workouts that we would do in the weight room. And, um, you know, he held you accountable. You better bring it every single night. You you could not take a night off or, um, you know, he would hold you accountable. You know, whether it was uh, talking to the pitching staff as a whole or doing some kind of conditioning you were you were going to get the message pretty quickly that you know you better do what I expect of you and I think um it didn't take us very long maybe not even the first week to understand how much it meant to him for us to really get after it and uh work as hard as we possibly could and compete as hard as we possibly could to uh get better and and um, it created a culture of hard work in our weight room and, and, and it paid off because, uh, several guys off, you know, everybody's 
Um, strength went up. Some guys' velo went up. Some guys pitched as be the best they've ever pitched in their life. And some uh, we had a couple guys going to the D1 level. You know, we had some guys that were pretty successful at the Division II level. And, and then other guys who used that as a learning experience to help them in other uh, fashions of life. Like myself, you know, I didn't go on and play anywhere else, but it really taught me some lessons of, man, if a group buys in and, and does what the coach, um, if a coach really puts that standard out there and 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 gets you to buy in to work hard, great success can come. And, and you know, I've used that um, in my coaching career. Another, uh, like I said, Coach Parks was also great at, establishing culture without ever using the word culture. I know that I've never heard him say that word. Um, one thing that he definitely did was our our position guys were going to get down the line. Um, we did a lot of coach pitch scrimmages or regular scrimmages in practice, and every single at bat, um, it, whether it was a pitcher or a manager or a hurt player, somebody had a stopwatch, and every single at bat, um, the hitters got their times to first times and, uh, he knew what, you know, they they could run and for every bad time after practice, you know, they would have down and backs for every single bad one as like all the position players would as a whole. So, you know, if you had a bad one, every position player was running for you. So it didn't take, but maybe, I don't know, a week for, for those guys to, understand that what our program was going to be about and that was going to be we're going to get down the line you know it it didn't take them very long um, to understand that and the other thing that he really established is he brought in something called appreciation letters and to be honest with you um, a lot of our guys at first were like what really we got to write letters to people but we wrote these letters every single Friday for the entire year and uh, he would mail them out, and it was it was somebody that we we appreciated, and you know if you didn't write it, the whole team had to run for it. So he was, and it didn't matter if you were the best player on the team or, or you're the worst player on the team. And that's something I really learned from Coach Parks is, um, there's no favoritism whether you're the best, most talented, or least talented. If you want to have a truly successful culture, you got to hold all of them accountable equally um, to get that true success. And, and he did that. And, you know, we had a couple times where we had to run uh, for people not bringing those appreciation letters, but that didn't last very long because um, people don't want to run or, or disappoint their teammates. And, and, and the second thing he did is after a week or two, man, Guys started loving writing these appreciation letters because they saw the impact that it had on the people they wrote them to, and and it really created a, um, an appreciation in our locker room. You know, this is it's kind of really clicked for me, um, at this time. That, uh, you got to appreciate the people who helped you get to where you got, um, and I think that, um. Writing those appreciation letters definitely helped establish a culture of appreciation with many of our guys. So the next thing I'm going to kind of dive in is 
I'm going to talk about the culture that I want in our program. Just like anything in education or coaching, um, I've taken a lot of the stuff that I'm about to talk about from other programs, other coaches, and I've kind of made it our own thing. Um, I truly believe the best coaches are coaches who um, are willing to learn other and, and take other people's ideas and make them their own. So, basically, what I'm going to talk about is what I want our team to be about. What what other coaches are going to say after they play our team. Um, I'm not saying um, that what we do is the end-all, be-all. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing ever. But um, this is what we use. And and, and so far, I think it, it, it's worked pretty good. And I'm always looking to adapt and make things better. Um I wouldn't say we're perfect in in doing all these things, but this is what we've tried our best to establish, and what I try our bet my best to hold our players accountable to. Um, I want our players to really understand what we're about, what we're gonna be about, how we're gonna attack things, and and what we're gonna look like. And uh, once again, this isn't everything that um, you know I want us to be, but. This is kind of an abbreviated list because I just I, I couldn't go on and on forever. But um, these are five or six things that I really want us to focus on in our program and really uh, key in and on and be the best that we could possibly be at. Uh, the number one thing is we're going to play hard as we can play no matter the scoreboard. I think me and Coach Donnie, you talked about it last week, is we don't play to the scoreboard at the W. We play our game and it doesn't matter who we're playing we're going to play our game it doesn't matter if we're playing the best team on our schedule or the worst team on our schedule we don't focus on that we control what we can control and what we can control is how well and how hard we play that day um we're going to get on and off the field better than anybody we play that is the challenge that i've always thrown out to the teams that i coach because it means something to me. I just hate seeing a team that's um, slow getting off the field. I want to see guys busting it on and off the field and down the lines. We're going to give hard 90s every time. Um, that's something that, you know, Coach Parks inst- instilled in me, and it's something that uh, for the rest of my coaching career I- I'm going to make sure I hold our players accountable to because I don't want to see guys lollygagging down the line I think that um, you got to respect the game and really, really get down the line every time. I know after you pop up on the infield or hit a little tapper back to the pitcher, it's you're mad, you're frustrated, but just respect the game and run down the line as hard as you possibly can every single time. It'll pay off in the end. Um, but that's who we are and what we're about. We are going to play as hard as we can play, no matter the scoreboard. You might ask why you know number one i think it creates pressure um uh, when when you bust it down the box out of the box every single time on a on a routine single to the outfield that outfielder knows hey this this guy's he's getting down the line man i better i better not um boot it or he's taking a base same thing when you hit it to the shortstop second baseman pitcher you name it they know that you're a team that runs runs hard down the line every time 
That's going to be in the back of their mind every single time. Uh, number two is, it, like I mentioned earlier, it, it just shows a respect to the game. And that's something we all want to do. Um, this game has been played a long time. It'll be a, before you and it'll be played a long time after you. Respect it and respect the way it was supposed to be played and play that way. Another thing, another reason we, we play like this is we want to send a message to the other team um, that you will not quit. We will not quit. And I can I can just tell you, um, when a team knows that you're not going to quit, when you're running on and off the field as hard as you can, down nine to nothing, and you're getting down the line as hard as you can, and your team has energy in the dugout, and, it, and even when you're down nine to nothing, I'm going to tell you, it just puts a little bit of doubt in the back of that other team's mind that, hey, man, if we boot a ball or two or we walk a couple guys, that they can really get it rolling, so... And, and when teams get that little doubt, I'm telling you, it, it, it can work some magic. So we're going to have energy. We're going to play the same way no matter what the scoreboard is. That's number one and kind of what I want our culture to be about. The second thing that um, I want our culture to be about is we're going to be detail-oriented and organized. Um, and like, like I said, this all goes back to the coaching staff of putting these kind of things in place, not just talking about it, be about it. Um, this year, um, me and coach Donahue, we prepared a, uh, PowerPoint and, and it was nothing to do with mechanics. It was all about little things, uh, how we want to go about our business. Um, we went over little things like how we're going to, um, do the national anthem, what we're going to look like, how we're, um, what our team's going to look like in that, you know, our heels together, um, where's our, where's our right hand, which is going to be over the heart, where's our left hand, it's going to be behind our back with our fists balled, and we are going to stand still and not sway during the entire anthem, just those little things, um, I think help you in the long run, we, you know, we, we went over, the on-deck guy's role, um, the guy in the hole's role, as far as um, he's in charge of getting the foul balls off the back screen, the guy on deck, his one and only job is to be focused on that at bat that's about to come up. He doesn't need to be focused on anything else. So the guy that's in the hole should go grab the bat um, from the uh, plate so the guy walking to the plate doesn't have anything else. You know, we went over um, not running back to the dugout after you strike out because I see that a lot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of gives the impression that you were glad you struck out. So um, not running to the plate because we want to spend as much time on offense as possible. All kind of things, catcher's etiquette, so many other things. That, I mean, that PowerPoint took about an hour and a half to go over, if not a little longer. Um, and it was all little things, things that we want to be about. Um, and I encourage all coaches to have those classroom settings and, and be organized. Let your players know what you expect out of them and then do it. Make make sure that they're doing it. You know, hold them accountable, like I said. Um, and I think that most great programs are very detail-oriented and they're definitely very organized. 
Um, you've gone over all this stuff in practice or in classroom settings like, like what I was talking about we just did, and now that allows the players to get all the information they need prior to game day so that when game day comes, they feel prepared and they don't have to think about it. And and that's why that why we want to be detail-oriented because all these things are going to come into play at some point in the season. Um, so that's why we want to go over them before they happen. So when game day comes, our guys are prepared for anything that might happen. Kind of the third thing that um, I want in our program is, yeah, we're going to work hard. We're going to get after it. We're going to. Um, really bust it and, and and work as hard as we possibly can to achieve success. But at the same time, we're going to allow our guys to play free on game day. As coaches, um, sometimes, you know, I've played for coaches in, in the past that are so overly emotional on game day, so um, transactional, which is a word we'll talk about later, um, that uh, – it's hard to play free. You know, one error, um, and that coach is going to be screaming at you. One walk, he's going to be screaming at you. When you, I think when you put that kind of pressure on guys, it just does not allow them to play free on game days. So, so one thing, and I'm not perfect in it by any means, but I really, really strive to do is on game days, I try to not be a roller coaster of emotion. I really try to hang back. Give our guys some, some, um, some positivity, and just let them play. Um, understand that we've done everything in practice that we can to possibly prepare these guys. Uh, we've put in the work. We've we've hit in the cage. We've hit on the field. We've taken a billion ground balls. We've taken a lot of pop flies. We've we've done our throwing program. We've thrown our pins. We've thrown our flat grounds. We've blocked baseballs. We've done everything we possibly can to prepare these guys. So now it's just their day to have fun. If you feel like you've prepared them and they feel like they're prepared, just let them play free. Let them play free of fear. Um, because that's when you get the most confident player and the most confident player is the best player. Um, when a guy knows the coach is, is going to scream at him. Or, or take them out after one error, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that guy's not going to play confident. I've been there before. And and when a coach is like that, the players just aren't going to – you're not going to get the most out of your players. So, so I encourage any coach listening to this, any boss listening to this, prepare your people um, to the best of your ability and then just let them go out there when the time comes and let them play free of fear, let them work free of fear. And, and, and you'll see an improvement in their ability because they know that, Hey man, this guy, this guy, he's got my back and, uh, you know, he's just going to allow me to do the best I can on game day. And he's not going to overcoach me. One thing we always say, and I always, in my meetings, I'm, um, pregame with the players, I always say basically the same thing, you know, have fun, cut it loose, you've prepared for this, man, just go out there, have fun, and and get the job done, uh, but, uh, you know, that's, if I could, um, 
I really just want to stress how important it is to allow your players to play free because I promise you, you'll see a different player when you do this. So the the next um, pillar that I'm going to talk about is a very, very important one, and that is um, selfless. Being selfless, understand that you're going to have to sacrifice for your brothers and your team. Um, I think that selfishness is the number one way for your program to underachieve. And, I, and I've kind of witnessed it personally on uh, a couple of teams I played on at times um, that really underachieved. And then um, in the other aspect, I've been on some teams, I played on some teams that were so selfless, they cared, we cared about each other so much that we put um, the success of our team above our individual success. And we kind of, as some people would say, we kind of overachieved. And, and I wouldn't say that we we did, but in some people's eyes we did. But I, I think there's, I think that having a selfish group can definitely cost you um, big time in the long run. You're not, I mean, if you have a selfish group, you're not going to, um, you're not going to achieve what you could have achieved. You're not going to get to where you could have been. I truly believe that. And I've been a part of that before. And, um, and it's honestly not a very fun atmosphere. Um, when you're around a bunch of guys who all they care about is their numbers or, um, why am I not playing? You know, that the guy in front of me, he, he booted two balls today, you know, that kind of stuff. Whereas, if uh, if you're on a team where everybody's locked in for the success of the group as a whole and not, not of themselves, they care about the guy on the left, they care about the guy on the right, you will truly see a, a group, in my opinion, that will reach its full potential. Um, is there a blueprint for this? I, I wouldn't say that I, I don't have it figured out. It's something that we... Um, we uh, definitely harp on. Um, if we see selfishness, we immediately address it. Um, but it's still not something that I have figured out completely. I think one way to um, really get your players to understand that is just really hard work in the weight room, um, really hard work, period, I think kind of brings the team together. I, I know that um, some of the best teams I've played on, we were brought together through the hard work to the point where, you know, man, we, we almost couldn't go anymore. But that guy to my left and that guy to my right were encouraging me so much that we all pushed each other and we got made each other better. Um, and, and to the point where, man, we really cared about each other. We really loved each other. And that, that kind of, sacrifice where I don't care what my stats are. I care what that wins and loss total is. That's when you get players to buy into to that, that's when your team will reach its full potential and you'll start playing much, much better. Like I said, I don't have the blueprint for this. Um, I would love to hear some coaches' feedback on kind of how they get their team to buy in. Uh, I think there's probably a number of ways, and and I hope that's something that I can continue to get better at um, as I go on in my coaching career. But, you know, I definitely um, 
think that some team building exercises uh, can help with that and uh, the players hanging out with each other when they're not at the field can help with that to the point where the guys care about the guy um, next to them way more than they care about their own stats and their own success. Um, but I, I can't reiterate enough of how much, how important this is to your program because I don't care how much talent you have. If you have selfishness in your program, you will underachieve. So the next two um, pillars will be the last two pillars I'll discuss today. Um, like I said, this isn't everything that we do, but this is kind of um, a lot of what we do. But these next two, I'll be completely honest with you, I stole them from my Matt Deggs, who I kind of mentioned last week. Uh, I truly think he's one of the best coaches in America. And if you're a baseball coach, man, go buy his books. They're great. Even if you're not a baseball coach, if you're a football coach, he loves talking about culture. If you're a boss at a place, he has a he has a great way of communicating and getting people to understand um, what we're gonna be about and what um, what he wants people to be about. And the next thing that he really discusses heavily. Um, when you hear him talk, is hope versus expectation. So um, I know we've all been there before. Uh, your mom uh, says, says uh, you know, how, how do you think you're going to do on that biology test tomorrow? Well, I hope I get a B. If if I'm telling my mom I hope I get a B, that means I, um, I probably didn't study for it. You know, if I if I hope I get something, then... I didn't really work for it. That that tells me that um, you haven't put in the time, you haven't put in the effort, um, and and when you end up making a C or a D, it doesn't really mean as much to you. I mean, yeah, you might be afraid of what your mom's gonna do, uh, whether it's grounding or whatever. Uh, but you know, you didn't put the time and effort into it, so it's not gonna really uh, disappoint you as much when you don't do as well. Where. As if my mom asked me, hey, how are you going to do on your biology test tomorrow? And I said, you know, I expect that I'm going to make an A because I have studied for seven hours today and I studied for three hours yesterday. I expect that I'm going to get an A. That tells me that you have worked hard for this. You put in numerous hours. You know you're going to get the job done because you are prepared. You've earned the right to expect it. And, and and if I go in and I spend that much time studying and preparing for this test and I don't make an A, I am disappointed. And I'm going to work ho- even harder next time and, and make sure I make that A. And I think that that is a huge aspect, whether it's, you know, in baseball, football, whatever. All teams that are successful, in my opinion, have an expectation when they walk out on that field that, Hey, we're going to win. You know, um, I heard somebody say a while back, I can get the Walmart greeter to hope. Um, Hope ain't good for anything uh, when it comes to playing. Hope shows that you don't fully believe um, in what you're going to do today. Uh, I heard also heard a quote a while back of, uh, you know, sometimes people that go into coaching, they have to be a little unrealistic. Uh, you know, 
to be honest with you, I don't care if we're playing the New York Yankees. By game time, I've decided and I've told myself, hey, we're going to find a way to win that. You know, and that's completely unrealistic, but that's just the way my my brain thinks, and, and that's really what I, I, I we talk to our players a lot about it. Man, it's, when we walk out on that field, we're expecting to win. I don't care who we play. You know, we know that we have put in the work. We've put in the time. We have prepared blood, sweat, and tears, man. We have put into it, and we know that we're going to win this game because we deserve to win this game. And and I think when you can get your players to fully believe that that they deserve to win because they have expected to win, not, a, not in an arrogant way, not we deserve to win just because we're, you know, we're good, but we deserve to win because we have worked. We have worked our tails off. We have put in the time. We've put in the effort. We've we've prepared over and over and over. Now we deserve to win. We expect to win. That's also when you get that confident guy out there, and and you really see him play his absolute best. And you know, I really think this is a huge, huge thing because you can always tell, man. You know, even when I go watch high school games, like. You can you can tell when a team hopes to win and when a team expects to win because, you know, uh, late in the game, man, when they're when it gets tight, the team that usually makes the errors, you can, you can just tell they were kind of out there like, ah, you know, man, I hope we can hold on to this. Whereas that team that comes back late, they they just knew they were going to do it, and and you see it every year, and you know, um, I can tell. A lot of the times when I walk to the up to the field, that hey, they're they're just kind of they they kind of have that attitude that they just hope that somehow in some way they get lucky and they win this game. Where that team in that dugout, they know they're gonna do it. You can just tell the way they exude confidence in everything they do um, that they are gonna get the job done. So the last one I'm gonna talk about. This is also from Coach Daggs. Um, and when he, when I read this, when I heard him speak about it, man, it, it changed my life. And and that is transactional versus transformational. And this is more for coaches, not necessarily um, stuff that, you, you know, you, you uh, say to your players. Um, I'm not going to go do a presentation to my players about transactional versus transformational. But... Um, Hopefully my actions show that I try to be a transformational coach and not a transactional. And basically um, what that means is, you know, if all I care about, if if that guy's identity to me is defined by their batting average, by their fielding percentage, by their ERA, then that means I'm a transactional coach. Um, They're only good to me if they're playing good, you know. And I think um, we've probably all played for a coach like that before um and you know and that coach didn't really do what he was called to do and that's changed men's lives I think that sometimes uh we forget about that you know yeah we do it because we love the game of baseball but uh, we really do this to help men uh, mature and grow and um what a transformational coach is is a coach who really 
does what they can do to develop this guy as a man and, and hopefully help them be something that's going to be uh, a, a success in our society. Somebody who, you know, uh, is going to be a great father one day. Uh, and odds are, um, if you're coaching a team, you're coaching some future coaches. So how do you want to, how do you want to impact the future of coaching? Uh, because a lot of these guys are going to do some of the same stuff that um, you're doing as a coach because I can just honestly say I do some of the same stuff that some of my coaches did. Uh, so it's very, very important to be a transformational coach because you have the ability, you have the power um, to change kids' lives, man. And, that, and that's just an awesome power. And hopefully we're taking advantage of that. And I really just want to encourage any coach to to do that man um and i see a lot in coaches who who do this and, and it's just very powerful to see is they focus on making sure these guys understand things um, they're prepared for life because a lot of these guys that we coach if not all will never play in the pigs um you know so we got to make sure that we're doing everything we can to prepare them for life. And and that's what it's about. Um, at the end of the day, you know, if you hit zero for us or if you hit 350 for us, I'm going to treat you the same way because I'm trying, I have an investment in you as a person. And, and that's what I really just want to encourage you coaches to do is make, um, these these guys are way more than their batting averages. Yeah, we want them to hit 350 with 10 jacks because we want to win games. We're competitive, yeah. Uh, we do want that, but at the same time, we got to understand that, you know, it's more important to teach these guys to do things the right way. Work as hard as they possibly can. Be a good, the best possible student they can be. Treat people with respect. Appreciate people. Um... You know, understand that it's not all about you. It's about the success of the team and their program. And when you can do that, man, great things will happen. When you'll be when you can be a transformational coach, and you show the players that you love them and uh, you care more about them as a person than you do their success. Uh, I I I really tend to think that good things will happen because players understand that hey and my coach my, my coach really cares about me and you know he's invested in me invested in me as a person not just all about my stats uh i think that goes back to it allows the players to play free because they know that they're more than just numbers to you um and, and like i said a lot of coaches do a great job of this and i want to encourage you and say good job man uh you're doing a, a lot of you are doing great great things out there and hopefully you can continue to do so and uh that'll uh wrap up our second episode of coach speak with cody Alsop, and um love to hear your feedback on this podcast and uh like i said um many of you are doing great things and I'm hoping to learn from you, and so if you have anything that you want to add, feel free to do so. Uh, we will have a guest on uh, the next episode, uh, 
and I'm very excited for some of the guests that we're going to have in the future. Thank you, and uh, y'all have a good one.